0: Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's
1: Jay. Well, hello there folks and welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I am Jay Madison, your host, and I've got my good friend and co-host sitting here next to me, Mr. Ron Robbins. How are you today, sir?
0: Hey, I'm great, Jay. Great to be back here this week with you. Um, really look forward to this time we spend every week.
1: Yeah, I think you know, this is uh, turning out to be fun. It, you know, it's not too much work.
0: No, no, I actually really look forward to it. It's, uh, it's a great opportunity to bring uh, local issues and global issues uh,
1: Yeah. Uh, Boy, we, I don't know if we really planned on the topics that we've had to talk about here these past few No, that's podcasts. the scary
0: part. Boy, we started this, and man, did uh, things really explode uh, to yeah. give us lots of fodder for topics yeah, to, talk to talk about. things to talk
1: about, that's for certain. That's for certain. Well, before we get in, oh, and, and I should say we've got uh, actually one of your employees and your son-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep that uh, on the tip of his tongue that he's your son-in-law. Uh, Jake Ledoux on the phone with us, but we're going to get to him in just a second to talk about a, uh, a, a great topic that's very important to agriculture. Uh, but before we do that, on a, on a very uh, somber note, Ron, uh, you wanted to uh, note the passing of one of our, uh, our agricultural family members here in Jefferson County.
0: Yes, thanks, Jay. I just want to mention, uh, you know, we're we are one, all one big family of of ag producers here, no matter size, shape, uh, here in Jefferson County, and and no matter what we produce. But uh, this one's pretty close to home. Uh, longtime family friend, longtime dairy farmer who had converted his farming operation to beef and hay here in Jefferson County, and even most importantly. One of our very valued part-time employees passed uh, Mr. Jerry Wetterhan from the DePaulville area. And Jerry Jeez. was just a really hard-working man, uh, had a great sense of humor, loved to joke around a little bit, loved to pick on people. He was just <laughs> a lot of fun to have around. And during the sad times uh, around the world, you know, let's not lose uh, Sorry, sight local. of... Uh, what's going on locally and our family and friends and, and what it, what kind of support we all need uh, during some of these difficult times.
1: Yeah, no, that, uh, when you told me this morning, uh, when we were prepping for the show, I was shocked. Um, you know, a great guy and really appreciate, uh, Really appreciate all that he was to the agricultural community here in in Jefferson County. So uh, very appreciated uh, and very sad to hear the the news this morning. So thank you uh, for sharing that with us, sir. Thank you very much. Um, So, folks, we want to get to uh, our friend and Ron's son-in-law and an employee. He's a team member at North Harbor Dairy Farm, uh, Jake Ledoux. Uh, Jake is a a great person to have on the line with us. Uh, Jake uh, comes from a big farm family over there in Lewis County originally, Uh, uh, Michelle and Steve Ledoux. Uh, Jake, just tell us really quickly about your parents' operation and what they do in uh, Lewis County.
2: Yeah, well, thanks. Thank you, Jay. Uh, You know, so my parents have kind of did it similar to what Mr. Uh, Wetterhan uh, did. He they were, uh, did, you know, local beef, pork, uh, we did turkeys, chickens, and it was, you know, kind of a, a local CSA based farm. Um, it was a nice, you know, part-time operation. And that's kind of where I fell into my love, love affair with agriculture, um, and really appreciated all the highs and lows that come with farming life. So it was, uh, always community minded. And I, we we've been able to carry a lot of those same ideas and values and they meshed really well with, uh, what existed over here at Robin's family grain, old McDonald's farm and North Harbor dairy. And I think we've got a a lot of cool things that have kind of come out of those synergies.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, really appreciate all of the, the farm families here in the North country of, uh, New York state, uh, and all that they do for our community. Now, you—the reason we wanted to interview you today was uh, there's there's a huge issue in agriculture, and that's finding people to uh, drive the tractor trailers, the trucks, everything that hauls the 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 commodities, the the grains, the inputs that you purchase, and also you know, take things to uh, the manufacturers and so on. Tell us a little bit about that need, Ron, if you will, before... Sure, sure,
0: Jay. I mean, we, we've we all heard a lot about the supply chain crises and, you know, we see uh, breakdowns in the supply chain. Um, really, going back, when you when you think about uh, the evolution of the trucking industry, uh, you know, I always kind of like to go back to the baby boomer generation, you know, uh and those folks, that was a big generation, and they're retiring now, and uh, they're, you know, coming to the end of their working life, and and it's left a huge void, and then, of course, on the other side, young people coming in between the new regulations in the trucking sector, the difficulty to uh, of getting into that business, just like the difficulty of getting into farming. It's a you know, it's a rigorous uh, process to get your license, and uh, so when those two collide here, which they have done, uh, you know, a big generation retiring with great work ethic, a younger generation coming in and really kind of looking at the trucking sector as not being all that exciting to them. It's hard work. You're you're by yourself most of the time, and... Uh, So it's left a huge hole.
1: Yeah, it it is a huge hole, not just for agriculture, but for all of our industrial sectors. Uh, The transportation uh, component of those industries is huge. Every business that, you know, every manufacturing operation that I'm aware of, you know, outside of agriculture and in agriculture and the production side, uh, such as farms and so on, they need more truck drivers. So, Jake, uh, you you noted to me when we were talking offline uh, that there's been a change in the requirements uh, for obtaining a CDL uh, license, a commercial driver's license. What is that change? Yes,
2: sir. So, um, after so on and after February 7th of this year, um, now to get a commercial Motor Vehicle Learner Permit or CLP, I think is the correct abbreviation. You now have to attend an accredited truck driving program, um, and that's so you're were, you're were actually eligible to get your permit and beforehand. As I'm sure you know, you talk about that baby boomer generation and uh, you know uh, folks that came after them. You're able to go down to your local DMV, take the permit test. You pass the permit test. You then had your Uh, commercial, you know, CMV, commercial motor vehicle permit, and you could, with an accompanying driver with a valid CDL, you could drive these, uh, you know, large motor vehicles. Well, now that has changed, so that now, um, even if you, say, had experience with these vehicles, and you could, you had the knowledge base, you now have to go to an accredited truck driving program in order to get your commercial learner permit, and then actually to uh, you know, do this program to then be able to take your road test.
1: So it's it's a new requirement that you have to get that accredited training uh, in order to obtain the license. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep.
0: Yeah, and the other the other part of that, Jay, really is the the time commitment that you know, unlike before, where you could maybe go and practice at a neighboring farm, uh, you know, when they were delivering commodities or you could go to a neighboring logger or, you know, maybe the, one of your neighbors was a commercial truck driver. You could go ride with him and, and on some local runs and you could kind of do it at your leisure.
1: Get the hands on training. Yeah.
0: And now you've got to make a commitment, not only in, in time, but in money to, uh, to go through a course. That means you've got to be there at a certain time, for a certain amount you know for a certain length of time and it's not just something you could carry on with your existing job and learn on your own you've got to you've got to really allocate and block out uh, a period of time where you're going to commit to this and Jake Jake while he was carrying out his duties at the farm um, he did 13 weekends well wow. uh, 10 hours a day Jake I think yeah, it was I mean,
2: it was it was down in Syracuse and, you know, it, it started November 13th and just got done about, uh, two weeks ago here. And, you know, uh, besides a couple weekends for the holidays, we were down there and, uh, you know, about an hour drive down, an hour drive back. And then we were in, in school the whole day and, you know, and it, was, it was a, it was a big time commitment. And a lot of the people I saw there, um, you know, I was kind of the, the odd man out in the sense that I had, uh, access to, to these trucks during the week. Right. I could, you know, if I wanted to go, you know, inspect a truck, uh, see the drive line, whatever, I could go do that any, basically any time of day, you know, just there's always seems to be one in the shop.
1: Yeah. At the farm.
2: Uh, yeah. At the farm. Right. Uh, but a lot of these people didn't have that
1: opportunity.
2: Hmm. So, um, but I really saw the struggles of, of some people. Um, no, no, we got into this, uh, program, I should say before this February 7th deadline. So we actually all got our permits before February 7th and we enrolled in the truck driving school before February 7th. And this truck driving school has been around for, I think, 30, 40 years. So there was always these schools, right? Um, and, and people, and, you know, and there's many, many, many ge- generations of truck drivers that went through these various schools, um, but now it's a, a standard requirement
0: that you go to these schools, and yeah, and I really, we we had decided at the farm that it would be good for Jake to go through the school where he didn't really have to have, he wouldn't have had to do that, but just to learn the regulatory side, right, and really learn the rules and regulations from an official accredited program. Um, I think ultimately he's going to be helpful for our farming operation and certainly was helpful for Jake to to learn all the reasons why you're doing things. But at the same time, you know, we were able to allocate the time for him to do this, and he was willing to allocate the time to take away from his personal life. But not everybody's going to have that. That opportunity. Right, right.
1: And, and, and so uh, just for our listeners and, and folks, we've got Jake Ledoux. He is a team member of North Harbor Dairy Robbins Family Grain. Uh, on the phone with us, he just obtained. He just went through the training program to obtain a CDL license, commercial driver's license, so he can drive a tractor trailer uh, for uh, North Harbor Dairy, Robbins Family Correct. Grain, yep. and of course, we've got the uh, uh, the famous co-host uh, here. Yeah. We don't have Al today. We didn't get. Oh, no, we
0: need Al. Uh, yeah.
1: Here. Well, he's special. When we get Al, that's yeah. a special <laughs> treat. So we save him for those special times. You and I are sort of like the old guys on the show, ails the the L's the curmudgeon when we bring him in, right? So. Right. But anyways, uh, um, so Ron. Uh, how many, I mean, th- this is a real issue, obtaining truck drivers for uh, farms. How many do you normally have uh, during planting, harvesting seasons, and so on?
0: Yeah, so we it's nothing, you know, it's not unusual for us to have eight or nine, eight to ten trucks running at a time. Really? During planting and season, harvest season in the fall. I mean, we're hauling manure, we're hauling silage, we're hauling grain, and um, and we have two trucks in the business that run Pennsylvania um, all week long. So those guys are more long haul type type individuals. Everybody else is local, but you know it takes uh, it takes a, a good sizable team to keep the wheels moving. Literally, huh, uh, yeah. To uh, to keep the operations supplied, and uh, you know we're bringing in fertilizer, we're hauling out manure, we're hauling out grain you know just to keep that supply chain moving takes takes a lot of individuals
1: wow uh now so jake you you par- you participated in a training program in syracuse new york you said you had to drive an hour down hour back uh Jeff- here locally jefferson community college um that i'm aware of has started a cdl driver's training program were you aware of that
2: yeah. So, uh, so actually that program that ran last fall, um, Ron and I did talk about, uh, me going to that. Um, but that was actually, that was, that was during the week. So it was five weeks, uh, during the week. And the only thing that really kept us from that was the fact that it was right during harvest season. So Ooh, I, yeah, you know, and so once again, you get into that, um, space where you know if people on the farm they do multiple things right if you know you know you might drive a truck one day you might be doing this one day you might be feeding cows etc um so you know i think that's a great program that was actually the school i went to is national tractor trailer school down in liverpool sure um and they had they actually have a branch i shouldn't say a branch but they do have a, a portion up here on fort drum for active and retired military as well as their spouses. Um, so they do a a CDL training program there on Fort Drum. And then they actually did have a few folks, um, over at the Jefferson, uh, you know, the, the Jeff Lewis education center, um, on the East road over there in Louisville. And I think they had, they had five graduates out of the, the first program there. And I think, you know, programs like that really, um, they really hold a lot of promise, uh, you know, I, I did this weekend program because that worked for what I needed to do throughout the week, um, and you know, and they did that that five week program. And I think there's pros and cons to each, right? Either one's a time commitment, but right. it's you spread it out, or you you know, you do it all in one uh, one kind of one shot. But I really, I think there's a you know, this huge opportunity, and I, I believe I I think I heard that Jefferson County or the uh, um, JCC is going to do it again. I mean, that is such a great program. I mean, someone can go there. Um, you know, they don't have to. There, there is a financial commitment, but it's sure. not something like the standard four-year degree. Right. right? You know, right. that sort of financial commitment. Someone can go there and then, you know, get started with a local company or a national company. And they can and they can make a really good living for themselves. Um, and they can do really well. And there's tons of opportunities in the transportation sector with that. Right. You know, and you look at where we are, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot there's not a, you know, we, we ship a lot of things out here, but we also have to bring a lot of things in just in Jefferson County. So there's always going to be a need for good truck drivers.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that we, like I said earlier, we see it in every industrial sector that we have here in northern New York State. Uh, the transportation needs are huge, and as Ron indicated, uh, you know, just your farm alo- alone during the harvest season season, uh, you you know, have eight tr- you know trucks on the road at any time. So you know, multiply that by all of the farms we have correct, here in northern correct. New York. Uh, that the trucking needs alone are huge. So
0: yeah, and you know, for those that like some variety in their daily work schedule, you know. Uh, working on a farming operation like ours where, you know, you might be like Jake said, you might be driving truck today. You might be running a tractor tomorrow. You might be, you know, working on a maintenance project, uh, for an afternoon or whatever. We, we really can provide some good variety and, um, you know, the bigger farm operations are all pretty much like that. So it's a, it's a great career opportunity, pays very well. And, you know, let's hope we can get the word out here and, uh, because I, I can bet every single farm in the North Country and all across the Northeast is, uh, is wondering how they're going to manage the workforce this
1: coming yeah. year. Well, I see their Facebook posts, you know, looking in particular for truck drivers. I see those every season. Yeah. You know, the farms looking Correct. for those folks. Yeah. Uh, Jake, is, is there anything that we've missed on this uh, that, you, you know, before we wrap up with you, sir? Uh,
2: I, I think, you know, I, it's, a, it's another change, right? Um, I think it's, uh, I, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the, you know, so it's the federal system that controls the commercial motor vehicle licensing sort of thing. So this was a federal program. It wasn't a state program. It's not like you could go to a different state and have less regulations in that regard. And I think that's in, important to remember. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you. there's... Just talking with some of the older truck drivers on the farm until now, there's been such a change in what you know, in in the I, I, really what came, what was really put in our heads here at the truck driving school is at the end of the day, the driver is the one ultimately responsible, right? Whether uh, the log book is off or you know maybe someone in, at the maintenance shop, wherever, did not do the tighten down the lug nuts to the proper specs, um, you know the driver at the end of the day is the one that is ultimately responsible for that vehicle and anything that happens, you know, in or around relating to that vehicle. So, you know, it takes a special type of person to be willing to accept that responsibility and accept that responsibility every day or when they need to, you know, around the farm. And so there, there's a good many safety things that I think, um, will, will have, have kind of come out. Of, I learned a, a lot of very good safety things. Um, but it's it's kind of a double edged sword, right? It's potentially hard it's it's definitely harder to get now. And these I think these programs are going to be swamped with people trying to get in. Um so it's gonna be harder to get and I, I really hope that doesn't keep good, uh, promising truck drivers that, you know, maybe uh that really wanted to get into this industry. I hope that doesn't keep them you know, I hope that doesn't burn them out from getting into the industry. Yeah um being well, able to drive
1: you know it is it, it there's a lot of opportunity out there and you know as you said going through these training programs is important well jake uh we're gonna let you go sir thank you oh, very sure. much for thank you. Uh, joining us here on the podcast, and we'll certainly be bringing you back in for other conversations with us. So
2: appreciate it. Thank you very much, gentlemen.
1: All right. That was Jake Ledoux, team member at North Harbor Dairy and a member of Robin's Family Grain. So glad to have him on now. Uh, you know, so important to see more and more people go through those programs, uh, get those CDLs, run and, uh, uh, you know, there's there's opportunities out there.
0: Yeah, the opportunities are really bountiful. And, uh, you know, Jake's got a great attitude. He's young and he's energetic and wants to learn. And, you know, it's uh, hopefully that uh, some of his enthusiasm here that he expressed today can carry over and excite some other folks.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, Ron, the other thing we wanted to talk about is just to give our listeners here on the podcast a a little bit of an update uh, since last week, because things are so crazy out there with this uh, war in Ukraine, and uh, it it is having a dramatic impact on the world, uh, and especially on agriculture. You and I talk almost daily about this, uh, you know, just phone calls what what have we seen as far as uh dairy prices cheese prices since last week what's been happening
0: so every everything has really exploded to the upside jay and that that is you know fuel is of course the number one that everybody's paying attention to now as you pull in and fill up your car i mean i i filled my pickup yesterday and i uh uh, probably would have got cut off at a $100 anyway on my credit card, but uh, 22 gallons of gas cost me $98 and Jeez. change. And uh, so that's, you know, of course, fuel oil, uh, diesel fuel has really exploded to the upside. There's been, you know, a lot of talk in the media about our fuel supply here in this country and where it's going to come from. We've cut off potentially Russian oil. And of course that's created all kinds of rhetoric, rhetoric, falling back into things like fertilizer and petrochemicals and other things that are are brought into this country from that Black Sea region. So just a huge amount of volatility. We've seen it in the stock market, we've seen it in the precious metals, the grain commodities. yeah, it's it couldn't happen at a worse time.
1: No, it it, it certainly could. I I want to focus in though on the dairy side of things because when I was doing a presentation this past week for the Watertown Rotary Club, uh, this question came up, and and I think some people may not understand it um, or, or understand the impacts. They're hearing that dairy prices are going up, and cheese prices in particular mm-hmm. uh, are sky high. Correct? Cheese high cheese prices
0: are hitting. Uh, record highs right now. You
1: now, know? I apologize for interrupting. Some people might think, oh, wow, hey, that's, that's great news for the cheese industry.
0: Well, the problem is you're going to have sticker shock when you go to the grocery store. And with everything going on, we're really concerned that demand for products like cheese, things like buying pizza, Uh, having pizza delivered to your house, that uses a tremendous amount of cheese. They're gonna have to raise their price, those folks that run pizza shops. Um, It's gonna cost them a lot more to make that pizza. It's gonna cost you a lot more to buy it. You're already spending a lot of money that you maybe don't even have on (laughs) gasoline and heating oil and electricity. So the disposable income of the consumer is going to be less the prices for everything you buy in the grocery store is going to be significantly more and dairy dairy is one of those things that cheese especially people will walk away from it when it gets too expensive they simply can they'll look at that one pound uh, uh, package of extra sharp cheddar cheese and say i'm not paying ten dollars for that
1: And that's what I tried to relay to uh, one person in particular asked me that question. Well, isn't that good for the dairy farmers? But no, because that ultra high price of the product could probably will drive down demand. And in the end, you lose that customer. So you're not, it's not having a benefit. Right.
0: right. What happens is you have this big price spike, drives every, the cost of that cheese up. Then demand falls off the price, you know. Ultimately, the price of milk falls paid to the farmer. It takes a long time to bring that price of cheese down and then get that customer back yeah,
1: that's the important into part. the
0: dairy aisle to say, okay, I now feel like I can afford to buy that one-pound brick of extra sharp or mozzarella or whatever.
1: How soon do uh, the, the ultra-high prices that you see on the markets right now for cheese... How soon does that translate to uh, the consumer in the supermarkets? Does it take a, a months, years? More?
0: No, it's happening as we speak. You're seeing, uh, you know, you're seeing the spot market for cheese uh, uh, really, really high, um, and that means that you know there's a there's there's a demand out there right now. Uh, however, any minute we feel like that could change, mm. and uh, uh, in fact, some analysts were saying here in the last couple of days uh, fully expect, uh, you know, markets to start to fall off here pretty quick. As And I, I actually just came from the grocery store here, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I think I walked out with three bags of groceries and spent $125, yeah. you know, and I had nothing, basically.
1: Right, that's just it. You You go to the supermarket. You know, I remember my wife and I you know this was a while ago uh, but we would buy a month's worth of groceries for 200 bucks yeah. for the two of us and now <laughs> you buy two bags of stuff yeah and it's it. Bouncing hundred 150 bucks. Yeah,
0: I don't know how the average consumer is going to afford that. So you know, I uh, I'm a cheese addict.
1: I was going to say I am too. Uh,
0: and uh, you know, I looked at that that little package. I think it was maybe eight ounces of extra sharp Cabot or something, and saying, "Whoa, you know, that's six bucks." Yeah,
1: yeah. And do you crazy. do you think it's worth people stocking up right now? For example. um, Sometimes I'll go buy the big bulk bag of shredded cheese because, you know, we use it all the time in our recipes and so so on at home. Is it worth buying that now to be prepared for the sticker shock? I
0: really think so because, you know, we'll see this price continue to go up because as is that cheese, you know, it goes into cold storage, and it's aged, you know, that that price is not going to come down, no matter what the market does, because they've invested that price, that's gone into cold storage at a high price.
1: Right now, it's in. Yes.
0: And uh, so, you know, you really could take advantage right now as a consumer, I think, of of maybe stocking up some. And, and I think we're up in for some real supply shortages there, Jay. I mean, I hate to be a gloom and doomer, but uh, you know, if I was a consumer, I'd be very cognizant of of making sure my freezers full, my pantries are full. And uh, you know, I was at a at a local store last night, um, a Dollar General actually, that has had no milk on the shelf for three days. Jeez, and it's they they have no idea what has happened truck hasn't shown up and uh, you know, they just kind of shrugging their shoulders. Yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, you know, you and I have been talking, I talked to the Watertown Rotary Club here locally uh, this past week. And you know, my message was, you know uh, tighten up your belts because it's going to be difficult unless, you know, we talked about the volatility unless something happens here in the next you know, a few days. That's totally unexpected. You know, you know, Vladimir yeah. Putin all of a sudden gets nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, you got to keep in mind too. The you, Ukraine is a is such a agricultural breadbasket. Yes. And the dairy industry over there has been absolutely decimated. Milk is not getting picked up on the farms. It's not being processed. They're dumping
1: it right now. They're aren't dumping
0: they? milk. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the cows are being milked. Most of the farms haven't have at least enough feed in storage, it may not be the right kind of feed, but it's enough feed to keep the animals alive, but they can't sell anything. So that ripples through uh, Western Europe because, you know, a lot of cheese that's made there in Ukrainian uh, uh, production facilities ends up in Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's going to put a huge demand on other parts of the country like the U.S. to to uh, pick up that slack. And that's where, you know, that worldwide demand shock that we're seeing here will have a long tail.
1: Yeah, it's, um, and it's not, just, folks, it's not just dairy we're talking about, that's the example we're using, but the, the entire food industry, we're, we're seeing these shocks, and we need to be prepared for the long-term over the next several months of what's going to happen. And then it's all being exacerbated by inflation, which is expected to continue uh, rising significantly for the next several months.
0: That's that's exactly right, Jay. Um, this is really setting us up. It all this couldn't have happened at a worse time. We already had inflation happening right. at a very rapid pace. We already had rising fuel prices before we put this uh, shock of, uh, you know, cutting off uh uh, Russian oil supplies, and, you know, this has just really created a lot of chaos, and ultimately consumers and uh, business owners alike will be feeling the pain here in the U.S. for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, wished we could provide you some better news, folks. Uh, we're just trying to give an honest uh, assessment of what we see from our seats, Um uh, of what's going on out there, and and so that hopefully you can be prepared for uh, you know the next several months of uh, what's what's happening. And let's all pray for you know this to end quickly, uh, for the Ukrainian people especially, and for the rest of the world because it's it's kind of scary, kind of scary what's going it on. It sure out there. is, Jay. We we
0: there's a lot of suffering going on over there right now, and uh, and uh, you see. What little we see in the news, I'm sure it's even worse. And uh, so... Our hearts go out to those folks, and uh, let's hope we can find resolution to yeah. all this.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Ron, you have a uh, fantastic good a weekend as you can, given the news that we've shared today.
0: Yeah, when we're supposed to have a snowstorm, I guess.
1: Nah, the, I did the moose cast. Oh, we're going to get a couple all right. inches. Thank but, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we started
0: out at 15 inches, and now we're the moose cast says a couple. Wow. Uh,
1: for, for our <laughs> listeners that don't know, I I also get asked to do my very amateur forecast for the weather up here in northern New York. So,
0: And you're spot on. Usually, I call Jay to ask him how much snow we're going to get because you can't trust the, the National Weather Service, it <laughs> doesn't seem.
1: And so. the thing is, I look at their forecasts. <laughs> That's what I go off of. And I'm like, where are we going to get all the snow? They're, they're not saying it. Now, maybe I'll be wrong this weekend, but the past... I think it's four or five storms that they've predicted. You know, they've been calling for 12, you know, 18 inches. And I've said, you know, maybe six to eight inches. Yeah. Every time it's been that way.
0: You, you've got a, you're batting 100% here right now, Jay, so you could even take a strike and swing and miss and you'd still be ahead. So.
1: <laughs> well, uh, as I always say, never base important decisions on the Moosecast. Always refer to the National Weather Service because I am not a meteorology, my, meteorologist. Well, I sort of, it's a hobby, but it's not something yeah. that I know that much about. Other than I'm right more often than they have been this year. So anyways, Ron, you have a great weekend, sir.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Jay.
1: And all of you, thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865 For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.